What's going on, y'all? It's your boy Val from the Side Room Podcast. I figured I kind of do a couple of plugs, even though I'm going to do some plugs in this episode over here before we get started. I want to thank everybody for really tuning into these podcasts that we do over here at the Side Room Podcast. Uh, your support, your listens, your reviews, your rants have been so impactful for all of us. K Dog, uh, International Lou BX Lou, myself included, Jay Rance, who comes in these discussions. It's been a great ride, and we're only going to get better and bigger with your support and help. So, always go ahead and rate us, review us, let us know if we suck, let us know if we're doing great. But at any time, you feel that you don't agree with something or if you feel like you want to put some input into our podcast, please reach us at the side room podcast at gmail.com. Facebook is us. You know, we're looking at the side room podcast at facebook.com. We're on Twitter. You know, there's many outlets to reach us at. If you have any requests, please you know, don't be afraid. We're here to, to entertain you. That's our job right about now. We're making this one of our full-time jobs is to entertain you guys as well as ourselves. So always rate, review, and subscribe. Thank you so much, and always keep your eye on the side. What's going on, everybody? It's your boy Val once again from the Side Room Podcast, dropping down a little sidecast on another Top Five Tuesday, another Pop Five Tuesday, as we like to call it. And always, my guest, my co-host at this time over here from the Stoop, Jay Rance. Yeah, what's going on, everyone? Uh, bro, I love the intro. It was all dark and moody. It was like, just chill. No heightness today with, with the little uh, four horses going Hell on. Hell yeah. I know, <laughs> I know a certain listener out there is going to love that little intro. And you oh, know what hell I'm yeah. About. The Polak. The Polak <laughs> yeah. on the block. Yeah. <laughs> That now one goes out for you. Yeah, that one goes out for you, bro. And hopefully everybody else there gets hyped with it because I got hype. I was over here doing a little guitar solo. Hell yeah, I was flapping my four <laughs> fingers everywhere. <laughs> Great music choices as always, bro. Great thank you, thank you, thank you. Honor to be here, man. Oh, always, always. And today we are doing Pop 5. A uh, little segment we came up with where we're taking five whether it be uh, figures, whether it be anything in pop culture, and we're rating them on our favoritism, on um, basically what they contribute in the world of pop culture. And today is top five best '80s wrestlers. Mm-hmm. This, this, this list right here, bro. This list, I was racking my brain all day. I'm gonna be honest with you. I was gonna, I was racking my brain all day because. 80s golden age of wrestling and just to pick it down to five wrestlers it was virtually impossible honestly i was sitting here asking my father i was talking to another one of our friends it's like bro this list can go on in five bro this list is fucking hard man 
honestly. No, I agree with you. Um, I didn't have as much trouble maybe finding the wrestlers or maybe um, putting them in a, like a top five altogether. My biggest problem was just ranking them. And mm-hmm. in my opinion, it's almost impossible to rank I, I probably you as well too. Each of the wrestlers we picked is probably um, they're important in so many ways to the wrestling community that I know we're going to hear a lot of controversial thoughts from each other or even fans out there listening and be like, "Wait a minute, that person should have been number two. That person should have been number one." Honestly, we don't give a damn. This is for us right here. We're not looking at Dave Messler. <laughs> we're not looking at the PW Insider, the Hall of Fame. This is for us right here. This is for us, and I agree with you. It wasn't hard finding wrestlers because in the 80s, it was such a plethora of wrestlers. It was just like, who are you going to sit here and who are you going to pick to put in that top five? Because they were all important. They all had their mark on the business, and it was just like, it, it, it was kind of hard, you know? So, like you said, this is my opinion, and hey, if you disagree, you know, you can leave that comment, the feedback, and we can just discuss about it. Hell yeah, we'll have a grown-ass man discussion about that. Yes. <laughs> Speaking about grown-ass men, or women, depending on who we picked in this right about now, we're going to go right into it over here. So mm-hmm. I'm going to go ahead and start with my number five, if you don't mind. No, definitely. Let's do this. I'm intrigued, because I know you always drop some random shit on me, bro, so let's do it. Well, I, I'm pretty sh- certain we're going to have one or two wrestlers that are going to be similar on our list. Are they going to be ranked the same? Probably not. But I'm thinking this one right here is not going to be on your list. Um, I do believe the promotion that he wrestled for, which was the National Wrestling Alliance and Jim Crockett mm-hmm. Promotions, will be on your list. But yes, yes. I'm starting off with a real man's man. A Ooh. real moustache, if you will. Ooh. <laughs> I'm starting mm-hmm. off with my man Magnum T.A. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you see, you're already dropping that, that craziness on me. I would not have thought that he would have been on your list, but I'm surprised and intrigued at the same time. Go ahead. Let us know why it's your number five. Well, when I think of 80s, I think of wrestlers that kind of transcended the 80s. If you look at Hulk Hogan and you look at Ric Flair, they kind of went beyond what the 80s were. They went into the 90s. They went into the 2000s. And they, you know, they're not just your typical prototypical 80s wrestler. Whereas I look at Magnum TA, he screams your prototypical 80s wrestler he had the look the mullet the mustache the (laughs) body he had the gimmick and to be honest he was nwa's top star for about a good five to six years in my opinion someone that carried the united states heavyweight championship to its glory never really making the pinnacles to the success and i'll tell you why in a second but feuding Mm -hmm. with the likes of wahoo mcdaniel with um kamala with, of course, the Four Horsemen and being the sole enemy of Tully Blanchard. I mean, mm-hmm. he had one of the most bloodiest cage matches where you actually saw him take a piece of uh, like a steak almost and just <laughs> jamming it into Tully's eyeball in an I Quit match. I mean, it was one of the most bloodiest matches you've ever seen. Yeah, I, I agree with you. He, he was freaking crazy. And you know what? I'm surprised. It's like... That's why I love doing these little segments. You always drop those bombs on me, bro, and I'm surprised with this one. Yeah, um, I mean, um, 
In my opinion, though, I feel like his career was cut short because a motorcycle accident kind of mm-hmm. had to yeah. make him retire. He became a paraplegic in a way as well, too. So it was, yeah. it's, it's never was the same. Um, he was never going to get back into that ring shape again because of his injury. And I think if he never had that accident, though, he could have been the top. He could have been the sting without Sting being in that federation. He could have been the guy to take Ric Flair's mantle, maybe even surpassing Ric Flair, depending on how much the gimmick went through the 90s. No, he did have a promising career. I do agree with you with that. And he did have it cut short due to that motorcycle accident. Accident, excuse me. Which I almost sit here and say, like, I would like to see more. He's one of those wrestlers that you would like to see more get into that, you know, glory age like that the 90s was and stuff to see where his career went so i agree with you there 100 percent, bro awesome 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 yeah, so i dropped my little one. tidbit i'm gonna go for you what's your number <laughs> five 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 you know my number five it's it's one that's right off the bat that everybody's gonna be like oh okay you know i see him being in the list but for you i don't think you may have seen him on my list i'm gonna have to get dark and moody and i'm gonna talk very enigmatic how he is sort of a ominous anti-hero i'm gonna have to go with number five and i could have put him way higher but there are other wrestlers on my list that i feel like contributed more in my opinion just you know this is my opinion but i'm gonna have to go with jake the snake roberts (laughs) are you surprised that i catch you out there or what i'll tell you why in a second but keep on go ahead i want to hear i have to go with jake the snake because to me he was that first like i said dark moody enigmatic anti-hero ominous character you really in my opinion really didn't see that you know he was just like creepy he had that creep factor to him because not i mean he was a good wrestler, but, I mean, you know, being a fan, because I know you're a fan of Jake the Snake, his moveset wasn't really the best, and his skills in the ring, not taking nothing away from him, but he was more of a good talker, more of that, you know, outside than in the ring. You get what I'm saying? Yes. And and not taking away from him, you know, he had great accomplishments, AWF, Puerto Rico World Heavyweight Champion, NWA Television Champion, Hall of Famer in his own right. But I just feel he was just, he was like the first spark you know of that moody and that dark where we started seeing those um characters come into play and those charismas and stuff like that that's how i feel about him but why why, why are you surprised and stuff like that Whew, i'm gonna <laughs> tell you why i'm surprised and yeah. it's not to cut your short but if anything no, i'm gonna join in on your conversation because my number four was jake the snake roberts oh really <laughs> and I, I think we could have some fun with this conversation now because we can actually Definitely. go back and forth me i yeah. picked him as my number four because i agree with you i think there was a plethora of wrestlers that contribute more to the wrestling society on my list than he mm-hmm. has i mean um not to get anything away from him but he never really reached the pinnacle of success that he wanted to and that's kind of with his own personal demons yeah definitely but um, when looking at his moveset, I agree, but then again, I disagree because yes, he had a lackadaisical moveset, but he had one move that changed the game. The DDT. Exactly. I agree with you 100% on that. So Exactly. <laughs> I agree that move was hellish when he did it, but sorry for cutting you off. <laughs> no, definitely. You joined right in with that one. I love it. And then when he slapped that DDT... It was like magic. It was like a move when moves weren't really the biggest thing back then. A suplex could have pinned you. The DDT was one of the moves that rivaled the pile driver. And it was much more simpler, much more 
unique and a safe move for a lot of the rest of, for the boys in the back as well too to take. Um, in my opinion, his, his slow talking, um, mm-hmm. almost in your face, almost of a Silence mm-hmm. of the Lambs kind of character, just bellowing inside. You can hear it inside your head. He made you listen into the TV, getting closer. He didn't have to scream. He just had to whisper. And that's what I loved about Jake the Snake. Not even with his, um, Snake Damien, which I loved. <laughs> his gimmick was great, but just his psychology alone was fantastic. Exactly. I feel like he paved the way. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like he paved the way for certain characters in the talking sense with the Bray Wyatt. You know, Bray Wyatt doesn't really have that much of a skill set, but Bray Wyatt captivates you when he talks, you know. Um, I feel like also Stone Cold, he kind of, because Stone Cold has a little character like him, you know, Rattlesnake Damien things like that and that that prop with the fucking snake that was crazy bro like nobody was doing that you get what i'm saying oh no definitely you know i remember historic matches where he threw damien on top of andre andre (laughs) was literally scared of snakes and he was like get the fuck off get the fuck off so like seeing things like that was just crazy i agree with you and one thing about him where i feel like it was really a villainous act for him was with that little rivalry with steamboat remember oh yeah that he just DDT'd Steamboat on the pavement where he just, like, lumped his eye up and the glasses and everything. Where That's why he came in at my number five because that's when I feel like that was, like, the really breakthrough dark-type character. You get what I'm saying? So that's why I start off with him as number five. No, I give you kudos on that one. Um, <laughs> looking at Jake the Snake's career, you know, he never was a WrestleMania main eventer. But if you look at his matches mm-hmm. with... Rick Rude, when Rude um, plastered his wife on his pants. When you look at matches <laughs> with uh, Rick Martel, where he had that blind That eye. blind match. Yes! <laughs> you know, he had, had classic matches. Not going into the 90s, and this is more strictly mm-hmm. to the 80s, but even yeah. he surpassed that going into the 90s with matches with Stone Cold, mm-hmm. putting Stone Cold... Without Jake the Snake, we would never had Austin 316, since I just whipped your ass. Oh, no, I agree with you. And that's one thing... That makes this list kind of hard because also a lot of these 80s wrestlers, they transcended into the 90s. You get what I'm saying? So that's why a lot of these 80s wrestlers, you could put them in the 90s wrestlers kind of list. You get what I'm saying? Because they led that wave. So with uh, Jake the Snake being number four, do you want to talk more about it or do you just want to just go ahead and say my number four? Yeah, I actually want to transit to your number four (laughs) since we already slapped each other with snakes with that. Hey, yo. Hey, yo. (laughs) (laughs) I want to hear your number four. I am so random, yo. Jay Rance, I thought about freaking Samuel. I'm tired of these snakes on these planes. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, what a missed opportunity. (laughs) Yes. Sorry, everybody out there, but yes, that was great. Four. <laughs> yeah, back on track. My number four. I don't think you saw this one coming. Like I said, this list, I really had to sit down and analyze it for what they contributed. My number four is Rowdy Roddy Piper. Uh, the... <laughs> was he on your list or no? Keep on going. Okay, Rowdy Roddy Piper, to me, the original loose cannon, which I feel like, you know, he paved the wave. For a lot of characters with that loose cannon, you know, like, let's say, the Brian Pillman, as today, the Dean Ambrose, you know. And you got to give the dude freaking credit and, and balls. The first dude to come out with a skirt. You get what I'm saying? Yep, so, like, yep, yep. First dude with a skirt. 
And like I said, I'm touching their accolades and accomplishment. Not taking away nothing from the guy. NWA Mid-Atlantic Heavyweight Champion. NWA Television Champion. NWA United States Heavyweight Champion. WWF Intercontinental Champion. You know, so I feel like, yeah, and, and the list goes on. I just feel like he contributed a lot to that bad boy role. You know, not heel, not face, but more like of an anti-hero. This is me. Love me for who I am. You get what I'm saying? And I'm just going to be a wild boy. You know how he was. And and hell of a talker. That's when, when the, he started cutting some freaking crazy promos. You get what I'm saying? That's when the promo game got upped because he was a talker. You get what I'm saying? And I also feel like he impacted sport in the sense you got Piper's Pit. Today you got Miss TV. You see Hand in Hound, ha- excuse me, Hand in Hand, how that goes. You get mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So that's why I got to put him as number four. And he has some historical matches also he has to be on this list because wrestlemania number one the first wrestlemania history him and orndorf paul orndorf wrestled hulk hogan and mr t in madison square garden so i definitely had to put him on this list you get what i'm saying he contributed a lot to the sport and for the brand of wwf no definitely definitely i agree with you um he is one person that has been the hero when he had to be and then been the absolutely most vile villain in the world. I remember when he was just beating up midgets in the NWA. <laughs> <laughs> I remember when he was actually uh, making fun. He was a person that did not mind being not the borderline racist character, but just being the most <laughs> controversial character. He yeah, messed with the lights of Carlos Cologne. He messed with the lights of Jimmy Snooker cracking a coconut over his head without even Jimmy knowing. Like, you know, he went toe-to-toe with a promo with Bobby Heenan. No one in that time ever went toe-to-toe with the lyrical styles of Bobby Heenan over there. So looking at at Roddy's career in Compass, Roddy was a person that can never be replaced for what he gave to this world, whether it's transcending into the movies with They Live, where it's actually going into different genres into different forms, WCW, NWA, Mid-Atlantic, going into the WWF, main eventing for the WWF, without even having to have the main title, he was the main character. Not a lot of mm-hmm. people can say that. So I definitely give you kudos on that one. Great pick. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. So what's your number three? <laughs> ooh, ooh. All right, all right. Something with a little bit more class for my number mm-hmm. three. A little Let's bit see. more of a sophisticated champion, if you will. My number three is the almighty Nick Bockwinkle. Ooh, yeah. you had some surprises for you. Yeah, you do have some surprises, bro. Let's go. Let me hear this. Why we put him number three. Let's well, go. <laughs> I, seeing as how WWF and WA were on the major promotions, if not the major promotions of the 80s, there was an also third rival promotion that came from the 60s, 70s, and 80s as well, too. Uh, and that was America Wrestling Association, the AWA. Mm-hmm. Uh, with the likes that spawned Hulk Hogan, which spawned Sergeant Slaughter. And with a legend of his own kind, Vern Gagne. Vern Gagne was the promoter and actually held that AWA title for about seven years. So in the time where you had your Ric Flair's, your Vern Gagne's, your Lou Fez's, that actually your Bruno San Martino's, which actually held title for years, it actually meant something to beat the champion. Looking at Nick Bockwinkel, he was the first person in that promotion to take down not only the promoter, 
but the champion. So Vern Gagne mm-hmm. had enough trust for this man to carry his organization for about seven years going into the likes with feuds uh, with Hulk Hogan, with Slaughter, um, having Bobby the Brain Heenan as his mouthpiece without even needing him. The sophistication of Nick Bockwinkle, whether it's his promos, whether the way he dressed, whether the way he talked, whether the way he lived his lifestyle, was kind of reminiscent of Ric Flair, but in a different way. Ric Flair, honestly, was the Coke man of the 80s. His gimmick was, <laughs> I'm on Coke and I love it. And there's nothing wrong with that. Take nothing away from Ric Flair whatsoever. But Nick Bockwinkle brought a sophistication. He was the learner's man. He was a smart man. He beat you with his intelligence and then also beat you with his fist. He is one of my favorite wrestlers of all time for ring psychology as a champion with poise and actually taking the lights of someone like Hulk Hogan to the next level by putting him over. Yeah, I agree with you there. And like I told you, you always surprise me. I did not see that one coming, which that may have been the text that you sent me. Like, oh, you're not going to see one coming. So definitely I agree with you and I like that pick. And, you know, he could actually been higher in the list. That's why this list is so hard to put these people in the places that we put them. And like we said, people, it's not just, you know, it it was actually hard. We had to sit here and mull over it. So this is, once again, personal opinion. And he could have been actually higher. He could have even been number one on your list, bro. Definitely, definitely, definitely. Yeah. This is why it makes it so tough for any of these wrestlers to be ranked because they all bring a unique quality into professional mm-hmm. wrestling. Whether you were a fan of AWA, whether you were a fan of NWA, WCW, or the WWF, it's a definite, it's a definite look into our psyches knowing that what we like as wrestling fans and what we pick and choose, it's always fun because we're never going to agree on everything. But it's always yeah. great to hear what we have on our mind. Exactly. And like I always say, variety is a spice of life, bro. That's exactly. how I always feel about it. And speaking about yeah. variety, I want to know <laughs> for you, tell me yours. My number three. This one kind of tore my heart a little bit that I had to put him so low because you know I love him. And you know me. He's one of my favorite wrestlers of all times to do it. But I am going to have to go with the icon Sting as Ooh, number three. Wow, that actually surprised me. <laughs> <laughs> I have to go with the icon Sting, the, you know, the Malibu boy. I had to put him <laughs> number three. And the reason why I threw him on the list it was because he was, you know, in my opinion, from the 80s to the 90s, he was holding down the wrestling federation on the other side of the pond. You know, he was more of a WCW face. You get what I'm saying? He was really on that main WWF roster. And like I said, once again, accomplishments, NWA world television champion, NWA heavyweight champion, WCW United States champion, heavyweight tag team, the accolades go on. And I feel like he's important and he has to be on my list because like I said, he was holding down the other side of the pond. You know, he was in WCW, NWA, and all that stuff, having wonderful matches with Ric Flair, with the likes of Vader. You know, those are epic matches and epic rivalries, you know? Mm-hmm. So I had to give him my place. And I was actually kind of torn because I was actually going to put Warrior in the list. You get what I'm saying? I was going to put Ultimate Warrior. But I felt like, hey, it was either Sting or Ultimate Warrior. And the irony is that they started off as a tag team together. Yeah, you know, yeah, the Blade yep. Runners. <laughs> My man, the Dingo Warrior. <laughs> yeah, the Dingo Warrior, the Blade Runners. So, you know, but I feel like they both had an impact 
as an 80s wrestler. And like I said, either or could have been on the list. But to me, it's my opinion, Sting holds a special place in my heart. So I went with Sting. And I feel like Sting was kind of that, you know, you could look up to him, that good guy, that woo, you know, that superhero character, like that kids could look up to, that that hero and stuff. So that's why I went with Sting as number three. Very important. No, no, no. I will never um, knock you for any of these wrestlers because Sting definitely holds a special place in my heart as well, too. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. he wasn't on my list, but I'm glad you did bring him up because he was another honorable mention in my opinion. He is someone that is another one that kind of transcends wrestling, but the same token, though, Sting's accomplishments in the 80s, especially the late 80s with the likes of battling Ric Flair, Ricky Steamboat, even going into the 90s with Vader, early 90s with Vader, um, his matches with Sid Vicious. I mean, there's so many matches that you can look at Sting and say, yeah, this was the golden boy of WCW. Mm-hmm. This was the guy that we were going to put on every single poster. And you had it. He was your whole Hogan for WCW for that moment. He exactly. was the, the guy that the kids wanted to be. The flat tops, the, the face paint, mm-hmm. the, the bright colors, <laughs> the tassels everywhere. Yeah. You know, Sting was a true blue, was a blue collar hero. And you know what? If I'm not mistaken, Sting is one of the only characters that not until probably going in, I know this is 80s, but as you're looking into the mm-hmm. future, going into even TNA um, in its good days, in its um, early 2000, 2008 days, he was the only person that actually remained face until TNA. And even in TNA, he was shades of gray. He has always remained a face character with his whole tenure in wrestling. That's impressive. I, I, I'm actually, while you're saying that, I'm sitting here and thinking in the memory bank, trying to process and dig. I actually think you're right. He actually remained face through his whole career, you know, like, and that's actually impressive. That is true because I'm thinking not at one point that I see him, you know, go heel because even when he had that epic rivalry with Hogan, when he turned into like the crow, the yep. thing, you know, he would remain quiet. He was still actually the face by just staying quiet where Hogan was causing all the noise. He was the heel. You get what I'm saying? Like, you would think Sting was the heel by being all dark and ominous in the rafters and chilling, beating up people with bad. No, he was the face. So I agree with you there. That's a very impressive streak for, for him and his career. Uh, well, from one impressive career to another, I'm going to drop down my number two. Mm-hmm. I think my number two is going to hurt you, though. Okay, let's see where this is going. I'm ready. Let's see. So back in the 80s, mm-hmm. there was... Only one group that was ruling professional wrestling. There was only one group that had the likes of every single wrestler being important. For the first time ever, you saw a unit together that was actually having fun wrestling (laughs) together, um, living together, living the lavish lifestyle together. But with those four people, there was only one enforcer. Oh, okay. I think I know where this is going. My number two is Arn Anderson. Yes, the enforcer. <laughs> I know this is coming. <laughs> the, the original man of the Minnesota Wrecking Crew. <laughs> the enforcer. This man transcends 80s. This man wore Speedos in a fanny pack with a bolt spot <laughs> and a pair of glasses. You cannot fuck with Arn Anderson. <laughs> whatsoever <laughs> he is the embodiment of the 80s dad looks like he's a carpenter beats the shit out of you like a boxer 
I'm sorry. This is fucking intro for all that. This is epic. <laughs> go, go, went from different uh, organizations, from Jim Crockett Promotions to WCW to the NWA to Mid South, tag team with Ole Anderson, tag teaming with Tully Blanchard, tag teaming uh, with the original Minnesota Wrecking Crew as well, too. You're looking at Arn Anderson going from a tag team specialist to a singles career, becoming television champion, United States champion. Um, looking at his career joining the Four Horsemen, going into. Um, the Dangerous Alliance with um, Paul E. Dangerously. I mean, that group alone um, had the likes of Stunning Steve Austin, Rick Rude. I mean, his feuds with the Rock and Roll Express, with Magnum TA, with um, the likes of even Shawn Michaels when he entered the WWE. Unfortunately, his career is another one that got cut short while he went to the WWE, tagging with Telly Blanchard in a match with the Rockers, Shawn Michaels and Mario Gennetti, where... One of the rockers accidentally dropped Arn on his neck, and he's never been the same since. Yeah, I but Arn Anderson, man, had the best DDT in the business, rivaling <laughs> Drake the Snake. That snap was crazy, and arguably the best spine buster ever in the business. Uh, that's what I was gonna get at. I was like, "What about his spine buster, bro?" Because he did have a vicious spine buster. <laughs> like when you look at the Four Horsemen, you're looking at Ric Flair, you're looking at Tully Blanchard, you're looking at. Arn Anderson, those are the three mainstays. A lot of times, everybody else has been interchangeable. You know, Sid Vicious, fucking Mongo McMichael, and shit <laughs> like that. <laughs> that dude's not on my list. I'm sorry, people. <laughs> no, no Mongo. No Mongo here, people. Fucking you over the four-point stance? No Mongo. No Mongo. <laughs> you know, this guy has been a mainstay and also one of the best friends of Ric Flair as well, too. He is, um, he's an agent still with the WWE, still passing down that mm-hmm. knowledge transcending from the 70s to the 80s to the 90s this man is a plethora of knowledge psychology always knew where he was in the ring like i said he was built muscular but he was very nimble as well too very fast very quick and knew how to take somebody out just with his mind setting his sights on one thing whether it be a cheating tactic or whether it just be brutally attacking him his psychology was one of the best you know what that one actually is one of the ones that I'm surprised because I wouldn't have thought that you would have put Arn Anderson in there. But that is an excellent pick, bro. Honestly, that's an excellent pick. My number two, I don't know if you saw it coming or maybe it's cliche, but I'm going to have to go with him because to me, you know, he was a real villainous character. And my number two is the Iron Sheik. Ooh, I like <laughs> yes. it. I like it. <laughs> the Iron Sheik, great wrestler. He was awesome in the ring. His freaking strength was amazing. He was a little. He was a little juggernaut. He was a beast. You <laughs> get what I'm saying? Like, and that mustache. First, yeah, that that mustache, the bald head. Like he looked like one of those Bob villains. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, definitely. And and and. Good accolades, you know, CWA heavyweight champion, NWA television champion, IWA US champ, WWF heavyweight champ. And then with another 80s great wrestler, he tag team, you know, Nikolai Volkov, you know, yes. that's another good wrestler in his own right that maybe could have been on the list for certain people. But, you know, once again, this is my opinion, but I feel like I had to go with Iron Sheik number two because the dude had fucking balls. I'm sorry. How are you going to come sit here? Get this freaking heat, you know. Come, come, come on my homeland. Sit here, uh, Iran number one. You yeah. say, definitely. Just, you get what I'm saying? So 
I put him number two just for the villainy. He was a freaking beast. He did not care. He carried the heat. You know, when he came in to the WWF, he also roughed up another great 80s wrestlers that could have been on the list for certain people. Bob Backlund, you yep. remember when he caught him with the Persian challenge with those big weights you know, and stuff. You know what I'm saying? So that's why I had to put him because, in my opinion, he was like one of the first best heels honestly how do you feel about that i love the iron sheik whether if it was wrestling what he just oozed charisma whether it was yeah. just heat he draw the most heat ever just with mm-hmm. a couple of words even stumbling on words <laughs> yeah. bro i wish i could fucking get accolades for stumbling <laughs> this man this, this this man's a legend in his own right you know olympic wrestler in his own right as well mm-hmm. too very powerful very strong and you know yeah. what when he first started when he first started in original days of Georgia Championship Wrestling or the NWA, yeah. he didn't look the way he did. He no, was he a didn't. little slim, you know, had mm-hmm. a full set of hair, no mustache whatsoever. It's not until he embraced the um, the, conf- the the communism gimmick. The, the that, Iran. Yes. The Iran. Just the, the Persian enemy of the United States where he just went full on heel. That camel mm-hmm. clutch was just yes, devastating was with those arms. Bro. And I remember yeah. that day... Um, looking at all the the the, the clips of back in the Iron Sheik putting the he always says I put the Bob Backlund in the camels <laughs> in the camels. <laughs> you know, motherfucker cut you off. You motherfucker cut you off, bro. You know how this fucking guy is such a great heel. This guy's such a great heel that he's still. Today, he's still tweeting and gets yes. his attention. Yes. With the fucking jabroni, fuck you, Tuesday. You know what I'm saying? Everything is a fuck. <laughs> Everything is a fuck. Like, he is such... He's like the heels of all heels. I'm sorry. Fucking Iron Sheik, little genie shoes. He was, he was the best <laughs> And you know what? That's what anybody else says. 2000, uh, what was it? It was WrestleMania 17. He's the only one out of those... Uh, what was it? The gimmick battle royal? That actually yeah, took yeah. a bump. He actually, <laughs> he actually got tossed out at his age. Dude can't even walk to the ring. Dude got tossed out. That man sounds like no other. <laughs> Yo, man, yeah, he he he's fucking great, and that's why he was number two on my list because he was the first one that showed people how to carry heat and not care about it and carry it with pride and just do your job. You get know what I'm saying? Definitely, definitely, yeah. definitely. That's a great choice. I am so happy with that choice. That makes me so warm right now to hear the Iron Sheik in this conversation. Because yeah. honestly, some people wouldn't put him in there. Some people would actually forgotten about him since um, Hogan beat him. He kind of flew into obscurity, mm-hmm. unfortunately. I that That is true, but... You got to look at it this way for certain people. Yes, he did fly into obscurity. But you can also sit here and make the argument that he paved the way and put definitely. Hogan over. Definitely. He put Hogan over, definitely. So they have to see that way as well. But let's get us here, number one. Well, before I get into my number one, I want to have some on-world mentions, of course. Uh-huh. Um, I, I couldn't not mention these people. If they are your number one, I apologize. But you, you, you <laughs> Sorry for cutting you off. Sorry for cutting you off. You know who my number one is. And if he's not your number one, this goes on record. Our friendship <laughs> ends here tonight, bro. If he's not your number one, our friendship, Frankie, Val Cisco, <laughs> sorry for shouting out your government, bro. It ends here on number tonight, and I will disconnect on you, and you will have a, <laughs> I, a freaking podcast. <laughs> I believe it's going to be the same. I believe so, too. I believe so. it. <laughs> Bless me. First, um, actually, you know what? I'm going to put four up there, because I really wanted to put this guy on my list, and I didn't 
get to because mm -hmm. I saw the the real height of his success hit in 1990, and I yeah. didn't want to use that as a crutch. So okay. honorable mention goes to Sergeant Slaughter. I thought he mm -hmm. was a phenomenal wrestler. He transcended wrestling as well too, mm -hmm. um, putting GI Joe fucking on the map for toys, yeah. um, being the first ever all American hero. I mean, you had Bob Backlund, but he was a good old you know white boy from college that could fucking suplex you. Slaughter was the dude that could fucking Put that fucking Cobra fucking end you. Yeah, he can end you. <laughs> Just with his chin alone poking you could fucking Maggie. kill you. You Maggie. know. <laughs> and then going into that 1990 rivalry with Hulk Hogan trading on the company. Just getting the most heat death threats you could ever have. You know, they had, you know, that match has so much love in my heart because Vince McMahon actually had to cancel his arena show. <laughs> Because he was getting death threats because of Sergeant Slaughter. So he had to move it to a smaller venue to be more controlled. Sergeant Slaughter is a fucking beast, okay? He is, he is. And it kind of goes with my number two. Remember when they whole teamed exactly. up the whole Iran freaking... Exactly. Thing? Unfortunately, yeah. we didn't get Sheik, but what was my man's name? Uh, um, what did they call him? Ah. Uh, I forgot the name on it. I'm not gonna botch it. it. Not yeah, gonna yeah. I'm not gonna botch it either. I want to give a, an honorable, honorable mention to Roddy Roddy Piper. I'm glad you put him on your list because I wanted him on my list. Um, yeah. Transcends wrestling as well too. Honorable mention mm -hmm. goes to, and I will say it for his contributions to wrestling from the 70s, 80s, and 90s, I will put Hulk Hogan as an honorable mention because without Hulk Hogan, we would not have sports entertainment as it is today. I will give him that respect that without Hulk Hogan, things could be different with wrestling. Not too different, but he did carry the weight of the WWF on his shoulders. So I would give him that respect. Uh, yeah, I don't want to be prickish. I do agree with you. I give him respect, honorable mention, but eh, screw Hulk Hogan. I was never a fan. Exactly. It was either Hulk Hogan or my number one pick. So, you know. Exactly. That's, uh, yeah, that's and what I was like, no. <laughs> my last honorable mention, and I know a lot of people are going to hate me for this. I know people are going to hate <laughs> us for this. Unless, <laughs> unless, but you never know. Mm -hmm. My honorable mention goes to Ric Flair. Oh, I mean, I, I, I saw that. That was a gimme. I have just one honorable mention, and I want to say him, but I'll get into it after yours. He, he, he had to be a gimme because he could have been number one on everybody's list. You exactly. Know and he's number one on a lot of people's list because, you know, Ric Flair, he, he is wrestling to many. You get what I'm saying? Without Ric Flair, also, there wouldn't be wrestling, charisma, the lifestyle, everything. But I just really don't see because i was never really a flair fan not taking away nothing from him he's amazing but i i, I he's an honorable mention in my book so exactly same yeah. here i mean looking at rick flair's psychology in the ring there close to none could actually touch him but yeah. at the end of the day his style of wrestling wasn't for me you know sometimes mm -hmm. flair wasn't never positioned as the hero most of the time he was always mm -hmm. a person kind of like your monday miz right about now which you want to see him get the shit kicked out of him and that yeah. was his draw right there, the lavish lifestyle, the rich man that you wish you could be, so you want to smack him up. And then he had his <laughs> goons behind him, like Art Edison, that took care of the business yeah. for him. So, you know, big ups to Honorable, um, honorable Mention for Ric Flair. Mm -hmm. I love you to death, but you're not my number one. Go ahead, Jay. Yeah, What's your Honorable but, Mention? 
my honorable mention is, and he kind of, I mean, because he really blew up in the 90s, but I feel like in the 80s, he kind of did his thing. He was also a villain, and he was real prickish. That's why I had to call him out in the honorable mention. Ted DiBiase. Ooh. I had to go with Ted DiBiase, the yeah. million-dollar man. He, Definitely. He had that persona. I hate using the word, but he had that swag, that charisma to him, like, you know, the whole money that I can buy anything. Everybody's underneath me. And for very controversial, he had a black butler. You get what I'm yes. saying? Virgil. Yes. <laughs> Please. That man's still looking for money. No offense to Virgil, but that man's still looking for money. And it's crazy. <laughs> you know, that, that whole black butler thing right there was just controversy. Every time he came out, you know, I think even at one segment, he was rubbing his feet down. Like, so, you know, I give it to Ted DiBiase, uh, honorable mention. He, he he! I was gonna put him on my list, but I was just like, I didn't know where to fit him. Honestly, no, definitely, definitely, yeah. definitely. I mean, Ted DiBiase's contribution to wrestling, uh, I can't even go into it. Not even just uh, his wrestling charisma alone. His character mm-hmm. alone was great. The fact that his promos were freaking delicious. You know, everybody yeah. wanted to punch him in the face as well too. <laughs> yeah. um, looking at the million dollar championship was great as well too. Introducing that. Mm-hmm. Um, Mm-hmm. Um, that WrestleMania four mm-hmm. moment where him and another wrestler fought for that last title, even with the interference with Hulk Hogan and Andre the Giant, you can yeah. technically say that Ted DiBiase made a vent at WrestleMania. And yeah. you know what? You can't take that from him. That man, that man is a legend and always will yeah. be. Always Definitely. will be. Definitely. And if I'm wrong, correct me, but that million dollar championship also kind of boosted Stone Cold Steve Austin to where he's at, to where he was at. You get what I'm saying with the oh, million definitely. dollar belts, you know? So I feel like he also helped Steve Austin's career with that belt. So, but let's get into the juiciness that we all came for. Who's your number one? Can Who's I just, can I just, inter- I just want to introduce him. I have to introduce him because I know that's our number one. That that is our number one. Introduce him to the honors, bro. All right, here we go. <laughs> it's a day that I'm certain my guests at this time will not forget. I'm it's not mean, Gene. No, 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 of course not. World, macho man, man. Nothing means nothing. Nothing means nothing. What do you mean by that? Oh, I'm talking about all the way to the top, yeah. Unjustifiably in a position that I'd rather not be in. But the cream rises to the top. <laughs> exactly. The cream always rises right. to the top, man. Oh, bro. Definitely. We both spilled it. That's why number one as well. Macho Man Randy Savage. (laughs) I don't know, man. uh, As much as I want to take a left turn at this, I couldn't. I couldn't. He had to be my number one for everything. Mm -hmm. He Mm -hmm. embodies wrestling as well, too. The flamboyant robes, the shirts, the do-rags, the glasses, the promos, the wrestling ability that he had when people weren't high flying, macho mm-hmm. man, macho man was dropping that elbow. When yep. people weren't making freaking promos, exciting, macho man was doing it. Macho man, Randy Savage, bro. There is, I, I can't even go into how great he has contributed to the to the to everything in wrestling. He transcends the seventies, eighties, the nineties, all the way to the two thousands. Bonesaw. He transcends fucking <laughs> Spider-Man. <laughs> I don't know. You go into it, man, because I'll go on a tangent. <laughs> yeah, bro. You know what? I would love to do it. 
And not only he transcended everything, everyday life and living, bro. We still see his mark on everyday living. How many people sit here and say, bro, oh, yeah, snap into a Slim Jim for fun. Exactly. Everything, his, his promos, his catchphrases, he not only left a mark on wrestling, but on our daily living, because we just sit here and joke and talk about him. He, he even became a freaking rapper for crying out loud. This dude did everything, and he left a lot of, uh, how can I say, impact and marks on a lot of wrestlers nowadays. Look at, you have uh, wrestlers paying tribute to him. Look at CM Punk, when CM Punk dressed up like him. CM Punk did the elbow drop like him. Look at Bailey. You know, Bailey, she looks like a, a female macho man. You get what I'm saying? She exactly. She does the elbow. She, he was just so influential on every level, bro. And his promos, God, like, nobody touched him on his promos. His promos were entertaining. They made you laugh. He was just wrestling, bro. AWA champion, CWA Intercontinental champion. And the accolades just go on and on. And I just love Macho Man. It This one actually hurt me because, you know, I had a little other wrestler. But he had to be my number one. There's nobody else I could put. Uh, the match that he had with Ricky the Dragon, Steamboat, and WrestleMania 3. He was He's actually dubbed the best Intercontinental champion of all times at times because he brought so much credibility to that belt. You get what I'm saying with his charisma, his his swag, everything. Macho Man is wrestling, bro. I'm sorry. Like he's just the best. No, of, all of course. Ages. You like, mentioned that yeah. classic at WrestleMania 3. I'm looking at the classic yeah. at WrestleMania 4 beating um the likes of Ted DiBiase for his first WWF champion being christened the man and carried that federation for one mm-hmm. year. Having yeah. great matches with the likes of Rick Rude, having great matches with the likes of the year coming from that Hulk Hogan. Look at yeah. that match with Hulk Hogan, that rivalry. I see lust in your eyes. Mm, yeah, I <laughs> see lust. Yeah. Like, who no. Like, come on, bro. Uh, it, the that, Mega Powers exploding was one of the biggest, biggest hype, hype bandwagons <laughs> for the WWE has ever had right there. Dude, everything this guy, like, from the Mega Powers to then. You know the rivalry with Hogan. That's why I was. I that's why I couldn't put Hogan in my list honestly because back then it was either Hogan or Macho Man. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. And Hogan appealed more to the younger masses. You know, I am a real American. Whatever, yada yada yada. As Randy Savage appealed to the older demographic. You know, and he and honestly, quote me, I'm gonna say it. He was better in ring than Hogan. Definitely. Definitely. Better in ring. The the double axe handle, the freaking elbow drop. Like you said, he was high flyer when a lot of people weren't doing high flying and that, you know, and the and the little jabs and you know, he 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 was just great. He was a total package, bro. At that time, he was the best. Honestly. I mean, even looking at that, he even changed up his character from mm-hmm. losing the title back to Hogan. He even went on if you even look at this, he went on to main event WrestleMania 4, main event WrestleMania yeah. 5. He was one of the best matches for WrestleMania, um, excuse me, if I'm not mistaken, I think he's one of the best matches for WrestleMania 6 as well too with that beautiful, beautiful, I don't think it's WrestleMania 6, You might, I might be misquoting myself right about now. Let me just make mm-hmm. sure over here. WrestleMania 4, he beat against Ted DiBiase. WrestleMania DiBiase. 5, he took it against um, Hogan. I believe mm-hmm. WrestleMania 6... He took it against, uh, he beat, no, 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 I believe so. Quote me if I'm wrong. No, no, it was WrestleMania 7 where he actually took on 
the Ultimate Warrior in that classic, where she actually made Warrior yeah. look incredible. I mean, yeah. he did about six or seven elbow drops to Warrior mm-hmm. and making mm-hmm. Warrior look like a beast. I mean, yeah. Macho Man put over the unputoverable, you know? Yeah. Macho Man <laughs> just made everybody look ten times better than what they are. The only per- people that I can think right now to today that can actually hold that status of putting somebody over as great as Macho Man did was either Shawn Michaels or AJ Styles right about now. Oh, foo, foo, foo. you see, I don't, I don't want to get off topic and rant, but we can leave that for another definitely, podcast. Definitely. Because Styles putting over, yeah, I definitely, bro. But I, let's just stay on Macho Man. Like, you know, I don't, I don't want to rant, but um, definitely, I agree with you. And also, one of the best King of the Ring champions ever, bro. Like King Macho, the, 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 King Macho, <laughs> you, you the bow, the golden scepter, bow. You get, you get what, you get what I'm saying? And then one thing I feel like he. Uh, did I mean quote me if I'm wrong or don't quote me? Like he was one of the first ones to do that thing, like have the marriage in the ring when he bought his personal life. SummerSlam, you get what Summer I'm saying? SummerSlam, yeah. right there, had a marriage in mm-hmm. the ring as a main event. Exactly. Like I feel like he was the first one to break that barrier of like, hey, I'm bringing my personal life into the cameras. You know, with Elizabeth, you know, one of the most beautiful, greatest managers ever. And it was like she complimented him because it was like the Beauty and the Beast. You get what I'm saying? So Definitely. I feel, I feel like that had an impact with the Triple H and the Stephanie. And I feel like uh, Booker T kind of got influenced by Macho Man with the, the King Buka. You get exactly. what I'm saying? Definitely. Like, yeah, the King Buka. So I just feel like Macho Man, best 80s wrestler hand down because still to this day, you see his impact and his legacy in wrestling. I'll bro. put I'll put this stamp on it right here. I, mm-hmm. I challenge any person right about now to show me a bad match of Randy Savage from mm-hmm. 1980 to 1990. I mm-hmm. challenge you, whether it be any of these freaking Saturday night main event matches, going down to these MSG matches that weren't televised that you could probably find mm-hmm. on the WWE Network, look mm-hmm. for any Randy Savage match. Every match is either different, laid out a certain way, or perfect. Macho yeah. Man had poise where poise wasn't even allowed in a ring. Macho Man was the first person to actually choreograph a wrestling match to the T, which drove people nuts, mm-hmm. but you know what? Those matches were classics. Those matches are burned into your mind for the rest of your life. That is what Macho Man left as a legacy. I, I agree with you. And he was a perfectionist because even his brother said it on his um, DVD. You know, he had that fire. He was he was a perfectionist. He wanted to do everything to a T. So that's why when you saw him on camera, he was so fired up and intense. And in the ring, he was perfect because he was such a perfectionist. And he wanted to deliver the product and make it 100%, 200%. I'm sorry, because he was such a perfectionist. And I'm sorry, the best around that age. Definitely, definitely, man. Yeah. I agree a thousand percent with you. Uh, I couldn't even have it any other way. You know, I, I wish I could have got into other wrestlers like Rick Rude. Um, yeah. I even would have put oh, yeah. um, Sid Vicious at one point, or Sid Justice at a point, as a powerhouse mm-hmm. at that time. King mm-hmm. Kong Bundy. There's so many wrestlers out there that deserved a little bit of a more of a spot there. And if, if it was a top yeah. ten, definitely. But this is top five. This is pop yeah. five. And that's how we do it over here. Yeah, definitely, bro. It it was a hard list, like I said at the beginning and throughout the podcast. Hard list, like you said. Maybe top ten, we did have some more leeway, but we had to cut it short. The list, a lot of people may not agree to it because I also feel like, hey, I left out a few wrestlers. Another honorable mention, 
you know, Bret Hart. Bret Hart is dear to my heart. Uh, Mr. Perfect, AWA, you know. So there was it, it was a tough list, bro. It was a tough list. Definitely, definitely. Honestly. But I enjoyed the shit out of this. I think me, this, was one of, this was something near and dear to our hearts. We love professional yeah. wrestling, so we did our mm-hmm. homework. We dug in, and I think we surprised each other today. Yeah, I, I, we definitely did because I heard some oohs and ahs from your side. So I did a good job. I did a good job. <laughs> I totally did a good job, bro. Well, uh, leaving this on a good note over here, where can people find you, Jay? They can find me on bumpers at underscore Jay Rance and my podcast series, The Stoop, which I might actually be doing a podcast tomorrow. If you're into football slash soccer, whatever you want to call it, I might be doing a podcast tomorrow about some juicy gossip I heard. But, you know, shout out to Bumpers for giving us that outlet to do something that we love and making it so easy. You're the MVP, Bumpers. And, you know, you can find me on my Facebook, Antonio Jose, my Instagram, underscore J Rans. I'm going to get that Twitter up and running. So that's where you can find me at, people. Awesome, awesome, awesome. As always, you can find me, Val Cisco, on Bumpers. Thank you again, Bumpers, for giving us this outlet, as well as helping us reach into different outlets like iTunes, like Google Play, like Podcast Republic, like Twitter. You know, you can reach us mm-hmm. at the Side Room Podcast on Facebook, on Twitter, on iTunes. As a group, with my boy International Lou, um, his, his uh, Bumpers Podcast, BX Lou Sportscast. You know, my boy Ken Dog doing tech talks all the time, reviewing new movies with Real Man Reviews. I think we're going to be reviewing uh, the the new um, Cult of Chucky that's on Netflix. I advise you to check it out. Ooh. It's hilarious. It's a harking back to the old 80s. Uh, speaking about 80s right here, the old 80s slasher movies, the Cult of Chucky is a funny-ass movie. I, I recommend that. Look forward to that. Um, I think, and I'm uh, quote me if I'm wrong, anybody out there, but I think the side room wants to invite Jay Rance, I believe, either this Saturday or this Sunday for the next side room podcast, just to have a good time ranting around things. Um, doesn't matter what it is, but we're going to have a lot of fun. How you feel about that? Ah, bro? man, that's that's actually news right now. You just dropped that bombshell on me. I'm with it. Let's go. You know, I'm down to rant. I'm down to BS and talk about anything and everything, bro. You know me. I'm real passionate, bro. So Hell yeah. let's do it. Let's do it. I'm with it, man. And as we're dropping that bomb right there, I'm going to drop us out with something over here just to lead us out over here. It's always a pleasure, man. Be safe. And until next time, man. Later, everybody. Take care, Val Cisco. Take care.